A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. My next guest is a devoted writer and lover of creatives in the creative industry. She has been writing since the crayon was placed in her hand, which has always given her the freedom to express herself and exercise her voice and imagination. She writes for personal passion and therapy, as well as to offer good content and rich stories for the world to enjoy and relate to. She is a fiction author and enjoys supporting other indie authors and artists. She is also the CEO of Ocean View Promotions, the CEO of Bleeding Ink Creatives, and a wedding officiant. So ladies and gentlemen, Kai Williams. Kai, what is going on? Nothing much, nothing much. I appreciate you having me on the platform. I'm excited to talk about the book. I appreciate you joining us. We're definitely excited to hear about it. So before before we dive into the book, um, let's talk about this global pandemic that we're still in. Um, how you managing through it all? Um, to be honest, it's not easy. I'm used to being <laughs> able to control my creative space and with everyone home and things changing constantly. It is hard. It's a challenge. But I mean, I take it day by day. I do the best I can with what we have. Uh, now, how has it affected you as well as a business owner? Because you, obviously you, you, you wear so many hats and this industry that we're in does involve a lot of events, fairs, festivals, and things like that, which which all have been cancel or postpone. So how has that affected you on the business side of things? On the business side, it has not actually personally affected me. Um, Most of my business is actually done from my computer. So aside aside from offering my services as a wedding officiant, it has not, has not taken a hit for me on that aspect. It's just the creative side of it. And in addition to that, I'm also now a full-time caretaker for my father. So for me, it's just not having the room to move around and do everything that I used to do the way I used to do it. So I just had to make some changes and, you know, try to deal with the new norm. But as far as business being um, slower as a result of the pandemic, that hasn't happened. Um, However, I have chosen to take the downtime to just continue researching because I offer grant services as a part of the umbrella under Bleeding Ink. So for me, it's just given me actually more time to do research because I'm not constantly meeting with other people. Right, right. So when did your writing journey begin? Obviously as a young child, but when, when did it actually start folding out? I started sharing publicly maybe around 2011. Um, prior to that, 
I just always wrote and kept it to myself, journals, things like that. Um, but I would say around mid-year 2011, um, I started sharing publicly. And then I would shy away because I wasn't comfortable with the social atmosphere when it came to sharing my words. So that took time. Uh, I started out mostly sharing prose and poetry on a social network. And over time, I gained the confidence to do what I really wanted to do, which is become a fiction author. So Mm. 2019, I would say almost 10 years, was it eight years? It took me to get from the point of just sharing a few words to sharing full poems, prose. I actually uh, published a chapbook of poetry that was just like a free write space for me. Um, and that was kind of where I got the extra confidence to go for the fiction. And then I've just been doing it ever since. So I'm looking forward to the sequel to I Am My Sister's Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when it comes to your poetry, obviously, even back when you were writing and keeping it to yourself, What was the inspiration that got you started? Um, It's a personal space for me. I actually started writing very, very young. I was adopted and writing was therapy for me. And the parents that adopted me, my mother was an English teacher. So she she always encouraged me if I couldn't get out my feelings or express how I was feeling. She encouraged me to feel free to just write it out first and then think about it. And as a result of that, I just always turned to writing. It was just I I don't really remember a time that I didn't. But I would say that is what catapulted my desire to write. The sharing part came there a lot later in life. <laughs> so um, what do you think was, I guess not even, probably not have been a, a, a holding you back, but what was, what do you think was the delay <laughs> when it came to sharing your work? I originally was too focused on the perception of the things or topics I might want to write on instead Mm. of instead of where I finally got to, which is there's something for everyone. So I cannot fixate on how am I going to please everyone? I just need to focus on my art and my art will fall into the hands that are supposed to receive it. But it took time to get there. So it was a a fear of not being able to put out something that in the beginning, I thought I needed to do for everyone until I refocused. Mm. And once I got that, um, I think it started to become a little easier for me. So, so what motivates you to right now? It's like kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably the best word for it. Um, it, it is. I, tr- the description that you read in the beginning that you said, thank you very much for that. Um, it, it's just a passion. It is, is, is not that deep when it comes to, it is a part of who I am. 
I'm always writing. And now in today's world, it's easy because we have our phones, we can be out and we actually don't have to forget what we just thought about. We can drive it down and keep going. So for me, it's just what I do. It's definitely my kryptonite. <laughs> now, when you begin writing, mm-hmm. did you envision a career as an author and, and obviously everything else around it that you're also doing? Or when did that become a reality for you? Um, with regard to business, I, in my past, I've been an educator and a caseworker in the human services industry. I worked with a lot of youth over the years and In doing that, I found an affinity for program development and grant research and as a result, writing. Um, I've done it for other entities and I've done it for myself in the past. And it just a couple years ago, I just decided that that's something that I want to be able to do for other people while it is work. The joy in the grants that you are able to receive for businesses is you can't compare that because you're helping somebody else build further dreams. So to me, it was just a no brainer. It was something that I enjoyed doing. So I decided that I should be able to offer that to other people. Mm. So what is your current publishing status? Are you independent? Yes. Are you under a small publishing company? Okay. You're independent. No. What was, Mm -hmm. um, what what played into that choice? Because obviously we have so many avenues, so many routes to take when it comes to being an author. What made you want to remain independent? Once I realized that I was approaching the art wrong, meaning I changed my focus on just going inward with my creativity. Once I got to that point and just started to produce what I was comfortable with, I realized that I didn't want to deal with what goes along with a a publishing house. I'll say that the business side of it and the political side of it, I know wasn't something that my personality was built for. And independently, you can still hire um, editors and things of that nature to make sure that your po- your product is high quality. It's just you don't have the marketing and the money up front backing you. So it's a choice, right. really. It is. It is a choice. It doesn't mean that you don't want your work to be as polished. Um, you just put a little bit more fight into it because you've got to get it to that next level without the extra help behind you. But nowadays, there are tons of circles, there's tons of support, and there are plenty of very, very, very successful independent authors. So I just strive to get to the next level. Give me one tip that you would give an aspiring author right now that wants to take the independent route. Mm. Don't be afraid to just go for it. I think fear stops fear stops us from doing a lot of things. 
Um, and I know it's easier said than done. It took me from 2011 to 2019 to produce a work of fiction. So I get it. However, um, it stifles you. So I would say just go for it. The only thing you can do from the first project to the next project is learn. That's the only thing Mm. you can do. There's nothing wrong with that. The idea is to constantly improve. So why not put that towards your creative workspace? It's the same thing. True, true, true. So so your poetry, do you also perform it as well? <laughs> I love spoken word. However, I do not want to be the one up there. I would write a really? piece and have other people read it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I guess one of the questions you asked me, uh, backtrack, I probably should have added um, when you said what, what pushes me or it was either pushed when I was talking about my passion. That's what it was. I would be a ghostwriter if I could, <laughs> meaning no. I, there, 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 there's a lot of genre. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that I would probably delve into if you could just have no idea it was me mm. at all. So, but because I'm not the one that wants to be out there, but I don't I don't mind writing the juice. It's like I, a screenplay. I would love to transition at some point and learn the art form of actually bringing a, a, a novel to the screen. Mm. However, I don't want to be in the picture. <laughs> I don't want to be <laughs> in it. But I want to we'll write all the it. stuff that right. I want to write all the stuff that goes along with it. So, yeah. That's it, it, all, all that to say, um, I love spoken word. I, I have performed maybe twice and it was on an Internet platform. I cannot. I, I want to say it was Black Planet. Dot com. It was it's, it's been years, but it, mm. um, I did it twice. I haven't done it. I haven't done it any time in the in, in the present. Don't plan to. <laughs> <laughs> So um, who would you say are some of the writers that are your favorites and that motivate you and inspire you? <clears throat> well, I will say um, one of my favorite writers, uh, one of my favorite, I guess I'll just call her a creative because she does so much, is Victoria Rao. Mm. She um, is an actress probably most known to people for her role on The Young and the Restless for years. Right. Um, but she's actually a foster child growing up. So as a young child, I attached to her story. So mm. she is probably having never met her. <laughs> one of the people that uh, motivated me or in, um, that I look up to when it comes to writing because she does it all. Mm. The next jump <laughs> from Victoria Rao would have to be sister soldier. Because the coldest mm. winter ever was really what lit a fire inside for me to want to be able to be that powerful of a writer. I just love her delivery. Um, and as far as independent authors, just regular to me, everyday people that have grown in their craft and have encouraged me to follow my passion. I was saying Nicole Banks. 
Um, she's an independent author. She's written several novels, um, anthologies, um, but mainly just her encouragement through the years and seeing her grow and seeing that it can be done was one of the um, subliminal individuals that kind of helped push me along. Um, I also mentioned Brittany Miller. Um, she is not necessarily a fiction author. However, she is an amazing writer. And the way that she tells her story and uses that to motivate and encourage others simply by the way she moves, not forcing it on others, is something that I was attracted to. That's why I reached out and tried to build a relationship and wanted to work with her because that energy is also something that encouraged me to keep writing. Um, and outside of that, I would have to say as far as individuals that write nonfiction, um, when I was younger, I was really into reading biographies and autobiographies and then moving more towards historical um, works. I don't have a person. I would just say that I do like um, world history because I love to mm. read up on different accounts because no matter whether it is actually considered to be fiction or nonfiction, there is always an art form to the writing. And there is always a little to be desired, whether or not everything is completely accurate. So I just enjoy that. Now, now break down your publishing journey for me from the mm -hmm. moment you first began, because obviously um, a lot of us have, we went through ups and downs. You, you mentioned a lot in this interview, research, 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 which I think mm -hmm. is one of the most important things you can do when stepping into this industry. So break down your publishing journey from beginning to now. For me, um, it wasn't that much of a hurdle because I, like I said, and that's why I didn't name a lot of big name authors. And there's also a poet that I wanted to say, um, her name is Manissa, Manissa Martin. Um, she has a raw, real feel to all of her writings, but her motivation and encouragement over the years also for me to continue pushing forward to share is something that motivated me. And in that, uh, I bring that up to say, I don't forget any of the people along the way, no matter how small, because when I talked to them individually through the years, they were open to share their journey. So in that, I was able to try a couple outlets and see if it worked. Um, there's a few writing outlets you can go, I'm sorry, publishing outlets that you can go to and you can upload your own work and you can go through the process of trying to figure out how to do it for yourself or you can use their tools. They may have individuals that you can pay for services. So I basically kind of took a list of what they said worked for them and what didn't work. And then I tried a couple and that was, that was totally it for me. So I was yeah. blessed. I was blessed to have a few people that I trusted enough to ask and they were blessings by telling me their truth because I didn't have to go over some of the hurdles they did. Now there's more to learn and I'm doing my own research now as far as figuring, figuring out which avenue I want to go into next 
However, I would have to say I was just blessed to have something to work with up front. And asking right. questions is really important. I guess that's the lesson there is asking. Don't be afraid to ask because you never know who may have answers for you or they may point you in the right direction. Mm. Now, obviously, with the with being an indie author, you, you mentioned earlier having to do a lot of the steps yourself um, rather than being with a traditional publishing company. Who, who um do the steps for you? You know what I mean. Point you in the right directions that way. So, mm-hmm. being an editor, how was that process like? Because looking for an editor from an author's perspective is so many different things you're looking for. But from an editor perspective, which you have, I wonder how, how is it harder? Is it more difficult? Or is it easier to find an editor to work with when it comes to your work? Um, no, it's not hard to find one. It's making sure that you find one that you're comfortable with their skill set and your story still being told. Mm. Um, with editing, I I would just say it is a blessing, especially if you have someone else to edit for you. I'm only pre-edit my work. So I would still give my work to someone else qualified to read it because you, it's hard to differentiate between the skill of editing and your art, if that makes sense. Right. Absolutely. So somebody else may not have a problem with it at all. They may just flow with it and it is what it is. But for me, I needed to step outside the box and let somebody else step in it. And then we go from there. Um, I'm actually looking for a new editor at this point. So um, once I get that solidified, I'll be moving forward with final edits on my sequel. What was the process like finding your um, cover designer? Um, I know this is probably going to sound cliche, but that was a blessing also. I actually met my cover designer and he honestly is a photographer. This was his first book cover. I met him about six years ago in the writing world. And at the time we were both sharing poetry publicly. Um, And I just kind of, our relationship continued to grow over time. And then he started to grow his businesses. He became a photographer and I was actually working for a liquor company and I was hiring models and doing other things a couple years ago that required me needing a personal photographer. So in doing that, when I started my writing, I decided that I wanted to know my cover model. So I chose Mm. her. So my cover model and my photographer both work together. She's one of, he has, he has a modeling agency now, um, since all of this. So I knew his work already. So again, that was a blessing. I had time to know him as a professional. I understood his work ethic. I saw literally his business grow over the years and I, it was a no brainer. Hmm. And the young lady was, like I said, I met through him. She was one of his models. 
nice. That's that's amazing <laughs> to have that connection. <laughs> and, always, and to always have that connection now with their books. That's crazy. Well, it, it just um it, it it makes it all come back to help you understand that you never know who or what connection you'll have from an individual. You don't know right. who a person is. You cannot judge a book by its cover. We didn't see any of this coming six years ago, but here we are. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Now, outside of being an author, um, you mm-hmm. wear a bunch of other hats, especially when it comes to business. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. So you are the CEO of Ocean View Promotion, which is a literary and creative artist promotion platform that gives creators a safe place to network and support one another. What inspires you to create that company? Because I wanted it for myself. I, I, didn't, I wanted to try to build, eventually my goal would be to have a creative haven for individuals to express their written art form or what have you and not feel the pressure. Like I said, how I started thinking incorrectly and had to grow to the part of understanding my art is for someone and may not be for everyone. So I wanted to provide that, especially when it came to books and writing for other authors. That was the, that was it. Um, That's all I wanted from it. I wanted to be able to provide that space for them to get recognized, be noticed and share with each other. All right. So, so how, how has it been? How has the um, the network been so far since you started it? I just started um, focusing on that maybe within the last couple of months. And I would say it's going great. Um, I did a, Leo season, um, indie author support campaign in which I committed to buying through the company seven new books that I did not already have, preferably from new indie authors that I had not already been connected with. So I put a post out there and I was excited to see people actually chime in and give me names and and start to share. So just from doing that, um, it made me realize that some people are actually interested and this is a way for us to grow. I never would have, of the seven books, I knew one author and that's because Nicole Banks just released a new book. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually ended up doing 10 because I, there was one more author that I just was like, I want her book, but it was a series and I'm a sucker for a series. So I bought her, I, I, I wanted to buy her series and she surprised me and she offered it to me as a book exchange. So I sent her a copy of mine instead and she sent hers. So it's been great. It has been a short time, but I'm already interacting with new authors that I wasn't connected with, which I am enjoying. Well, is there any meaning behind the name Ocean View? Yes, I live in South Florida, and oh, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite place to be is on the beach. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yes. If you take a look at Ocean View Promotions page and the Bleeding Ink Creatives page, it's Bleeding Ink underscore Creatives. You'll see it's all types of ocean theme. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, speaking of Bleeding Ink Creatives, you are the CEO of that company as well. 
where you provide yes. clients literary services such as editing, grant writing, which you mentioned earlier, and notary services. Mm -hmm. When did you start providing those services? I started providing those services years ago, um, independently after I was, after I worked for other entities, I did it independently, let's say about 2013 until 2000 and almost 15. And then I just formed Bleeding Inks Company last April. So we've been around for just over a year, mm. just over a year, but I have experience in grant writing uh since 2006 okay for the for the record <laughs> i've done it for multiple <laughs> entities i've written grants for multiple entities i've even been able to secure other types of funding for small businesses really um yes so i used to write grants for zoo atlanta and i also uh managed their education programs in which i would sell programs in mass production to school systems. So that's where I got all of my developmental skills between when it came to program development, between that and being a teacher. Wow. And yes. And now I have a college graduate, so I'm focusing on all the things I want to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, now, where do people start when it comes to uh, actually looking for grants is that something your service is that provided with your mm -hmm. service or do they have to yes. their own and come to you to write it no there's two type of two types of clients so you can have a client that has already is coming in your door and says hi i'm looking for someone to write the grant and i have this particular grant i want to write for that means they've done their own research mm. or you have a client that comes to you and says these are the programs that my business or entity offers. I'm looking for funding to support X, Y, Z. Can you help me find the grants, which is research, and write the grant? Now, in addition to finding, which is research and writing, there's also compliance. So it depends on what a client needs because it's also very important to comply with your grant because if you don't, then you run the risk of funds not being given to you. And if they've already been given, you having to return them. So it's definitely important to make sure that whomever you're working with is at least experienced. Now, outside of those ventures, you're also a wedding officiant. How did that happen? That's the newest baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have not actually officiated a ceremony. However, during the pandemic, that was the latest thing that I added to the Bleeding Ink umbrella because I've always wanted to. And I was sitting down thinking of what could I do? And I had a girlfriend that was actually planning to get married and the destination wedding had to be postponed because of the pandemic. And I saw all the beautiful couples online and on TV getting married anyway at home. And I thought, what if I could be a part of helping to make that happen? So I did it. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it's like just something extra. <laughs> it's like your whole I always thing. wanted to do it. 
Really? I've always wanted to do it. And then I said, well, wow. I, I was so touched by it. people improvising and still making the best of it. I was like, why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> why not? So when this is all over, then I would love to actually go and officiate my first ceremony. Nice. <laughs> it's like everything you do is like helping other people. <laughs> um... That's a part of inception. I've always been that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a blessing to be um, able to know that it's okay to help somebody else. Right. I don't mind. I actually find more joy in that, to be honest Absolutely, with you. Yeah. I do not like to be the center of attention. I prefer to work behind the scenes help other people, and let that be it. <laughs> now, your book is titled mm -hmm. I Am My Sister's Keeper. Yes. Break that story down to us. It is a story of four sisters. Two are biological, and the other two are girlfriends in life. and the main premise of the book is to remind you to pay attention, honestly, to those individuals that end up actually being there for you in life, no matter whether it's good, the bad, ugly, indifferent, those same people. If you look around, you'll notice there's only a few people that are actually still right there. So that was the premise for the title. Now, what was the inspiration behind the story? I actually grew up an only child and I had a couple sister friends, but I never had my own sister. So part of me writing the story was I implemented that there was both in the picture to show that love is a choice. That was my underlying message is love is a choice because that's how I felt when I was raised because I was adopted. I was chosen. So since I didn't have a sister, that's kind of the way that my writing goes. I always like to write in mind that love's a choice. So I may have some girlfriends that aren't my blood sisters, but they're just as much a sister to me as my actual one would have been. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. That was author Kai Williams. Kai's book, which is titled I Am My Sister's Keeper, is available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold um you can also find it on her website which is oceanviewpromotions.com you can follow kai at kai underscore author on instagram and also check out her business pages which are bleeding ink underscore creatives and at oceanviewpromotions on instagram make sure you guys hit her up make sure you guys check out the book network with her Follow her page, and don't forget to tune in every week for a new episode of the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.